1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
3: Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome to an absolutely gorgeous Friday afternoon. No rain in the forecast, so that's good. Right? Oh, my
4: gosh. A welcome relief.
3: Yeah, it surely is. Man.
4: Now, last night was a big night in the city of Pittsburgh. mm mm-hmm. um, of course, it was the Bucks game, which John, you attended.
3: It wasn't that big. That wasn't that no, big. No, it was a debacle. Actually, um, I took my uh, my youngest. He's uh, 19. He has not been to many Pirate games where there were 2,000 people, or so. Really, it was a tiny, tiny really? crowd, a small crowd. And by the end of the game, we stuck. We stayed through the entire nine innings. Really, I mean, what is the deal with people whooping? Woo! Woo! There were maybe. Fifty people doing that left when the game was oh, over.
5: That's the Ric Flair woo.
3: Oh, that is horrible. That yeah. really just sort of annoys me. It is annoying. Anyway, yeah. So we went to the Pirate game last night. It was a badly played game. The Pirates looked horrific, completely overmatched. But then we got on the subway. We get we get the subway and we drive over to the uh, jail parking garage. You know, on mm-hmm. Second Avenue. Right. And we we're um, at Steel Plaza, headed towards uh, the Second Avenue exit. The subway doors opened. And all of a sudden, people rushing in were all these old people holding the Who t shirts. Yeah. And they were super excited. I mean, what a great buzz. But it was just ironic the people, I'm telling you, there had to be people, at least in their late 70s, holding Who t-shirts. Is
4: that right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> and there were guys, you know, older guys on the subway platform doing the Pete Townsend uh, you oh, know, yeah, sure. guitar wheel thing, <laughs> <Sure>. mimicking. <laughs> and I'm, I'm reading Scott Mervis's, um review in today's PG. Apparently, they, play, they they just crushed it. There was a 50-piece orchestra with The Who on stage last night. Roger Daltrey. That's a spinal tapish. That sure is. Roger Daltrey is 74, Pete Townsend 76. They said, of course, the audience loved these guys, belied their age. Talking about seeing The Who 40, 50 years ago. Uh, it is just really a weird evening. I kind of wanted wow. to be there because, believe me, it had to be a lot better than the Byron came. <laughs> A lot better than the Pirate Game. Speaking of the Pirate Game, there's been a big brouhaha about um, Kennywood Park and Hunt's Ketchup yeah. making an appearance. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. This little sort of side thing Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I had fries and a dog last night for my dinner at the Pirate Game. Believe me, the Pirates are not serving Heinz Ketchup. What? And it, it, it was more like liquid red. What? It was the worst ketchup I've ever had in my life. <gasps>
4: Are you sure it wasn't just because you were cranky about no, the game? No, I was
3: not cranky because it was like the second inning. So Hope Springs Eternal in the second inning. I sat down and I was like, what is this? It was not good ketchup. I'm telling you, it was not Heinz. If we
4: find out the PNC Park also, in addition to Kennywood, as we're going to talk about later in today's show, not serving Heinz ketchup, I yeah. think there's going to be a major problem. I
3: think so, too. Yeah. What's up with that? And I wonder, so what's what's at the paint? You would think that as a representative of Heinz, they'd have... Heinz ketchup for whatever at every public of venue. Of course, right?
4: It's Pittsburgh. It's Are Pittsburgh. we kidding?
3: If not here, where?
4: Good grief! I know.
3: So hopefully, the fans at the paint last night who were watching the Who had some fries with some Heinz, but not a PNC Park. Wow. Anyway, right. it was a great night. Okay. Uh, well, it wasn't that great. <laughs> Are horrific.
4: That <laughs> was a great night. Yeah, well, you know game. what? Yeah, any, anytime
3: you go to a pirate game, you know, with your kid and just sit and talk, mm-hmm. that's still a yeah, good night.
4: Because baseball is awesome. It's
3: a beautiful night. Really, it really was. And
4: as you said, hope springs eternal tonight because Chris Archer's on the mound. Well, this is going to be the beginning of his comeback.
3: Okay, let's hope so. Because he's got one win. Go in, go to, are is we, he one in eight or one in five?
4: Uh, it could be eight. It might be. I I'm think not it's sure, eight. But it's pretty bad. Um, and. I believe that the Pirates have uh, one of the worst home records in all of Major really? league baseball really? this year. Yeah. But that's this tonight's a perfect night to turn that around. Yeah, yeah, please do. This yeah. is 1 and 5. 1 and 5. Okay, okay so it's fine. good. It's much uh, yeah, better than it's... 1 and 8, John. <laughs> yeah,
3: it certainly is. It probably
4: feels like 1 and 10. Yeah.
3: Yeah. What time is it?
4: Uh oh, it is time for me to tell both of you. Tell it's me actually what? past time to tell both of you. A Little. Your weekend has begun. Friday
6: night, Friday, Friday, Friday,
3: Friday night. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, nine minutes past the four o'clock hour on a lovely Friday afternoon in western Pennsylvania. Yeah, literally, your weekend has begun. All is right and well, at least in this corner of the world.
4: Is there a place for boys and girls' restrooms in schools still? Well, we're going to talk to Christina Holcomb from Alliance Defending Freedom about a brand new case that was put before the Supreme Court just this week and is now back to the trial court. So stay close on today's edition of to The Ride Home.
7: WORD In many parts of the world
8: China, Africa India, Southeast Asia. People have never heard have never heard the name of Jesus. Even if they have, many lack the resources to learn about it. Word FM has teamed with the Bible League to send God's Word to the world. Five dollars will send a Bible now. One hundred dollars will send twenty. Give now at wordfm.com, keyword Bibles, or call one eight hundred YES WORD.
9: Have you been denied credit? Are you paying high interest rates because of a low credit score? Join the Thousands of people who've relied on creditrepair.com to help rebuild their credit score.
10: I went to get my first car. I had to get a used car, high interest, and so I knew that things were things were done from there.
9: For over 15 years, we've helped thousands with their search for solutions to credit issues. We communicate with you, your creditors, and the credit bureaus with a unique approach designed to remove items like late payments, collections, charge offs, liens, bankruptcy, and foreclosures that are unfair or inaccurate.
10: And I've gone up 40 points already.
9: There are many services offering to tell you your credit score and even monitor it for you. But what good is just knowing your credit score when what you really need is to fix it? Credit repair members see a significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. Call now to get your no-obligation credit consultation, including your free credit score and free summary credit report. Don't delay. Call 800-859-0720. That's 800-859-0720. 800-859-0720.
1: Share, like, comment, tweet, Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to SurroundPittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers.
11: What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church, and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself, and this morning, I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent.
3: Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100, or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless.
12: Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web Design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more—all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com/shopping, and God save the green.
3: During the 2016-2017 school year, without informing parents or students, the Boyertown Area School District secretly opened its high school locker rooms. Showers and restrooms to students of the opposite sex, which violated many students' bodily privacy rights. Some of the students in the suit involuntarily encountered students of the opposite sex in various states of undress in school restrooms and locker rooms. Now, imagine if that was your child going to school and encountering this. This case, Doe versus Boyertown Area School District, was winding its way through the courts. The Supreme Court this week has kicked that case back to the local courts. Here to talk to us about that from Alliance Defending Freedom is Christiana Holcomb. Christiana serves as legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Christiana, welcome to, welcome to Word FM.
13: Thank you so much for having me.
4: So this is a case that's happening in our backyard. You know, we're uh, we're in Pittsburgh. So this is a, a, a statewide issue that we're uh, recognizing the significance of, Christiana. Um, from your perspective, talk about why the Supreme Court declined to take up the case.
13: Well, it's always difficult to speculate about why the Supreme Court makes a particular decision. But what we do know is that this is the very first time that the issue, the very important issue of student privacy has been presented to the court. And commonly, the Supreme Court likes to allow issues to percolate um, in the various circuit courts for several years before it actually takes up one of those cases. So uh, while we're disappointed that the Supreme Court declined to take up the Boyertown case, that's really is not the end of this important matter. And we it commonly means uh, not now, but at some point in the future it will.
3: I see. So what's happening right now in the Boyertown School District is uh, that students of opposite gender of their choice are finding their way into restrooms and school locker rooms.
4: Yeah, and how did how did this happen? Was this an, a school board decision that was conveyed to the school district so that families knew about it ahead of time, or what?
13: <laughs> no, it wasn't. So the policy, as you mentioned earlier, was passed secretly. They did not inform parents, and they did not inform students before they implemented this new uh, transgender restroom policy, which essentially allows any high school boy or girl who um, identifies as the opposite sex to use the opposite sex's restrooms, locker rooms, and even shower and changing facilities if they have them. So the way that the Boyertown students found out about this, for example, uh, one of our male plaintiffs was changing in his locker room for gym class, looked up and saw a girl there standing um, partially dressed as well and realized, hey, something's really wrong here, reported it to the school administration who turned around and said, you know what, you need to just tolerate it and make it as natural as possible. Similarly, one of our female plaintiffs, um, Alexis Lightcap, who is a a young, uh, (laughs) buoyant, wonderful young woman, walked into her school restroom um, and was startled to find a, a male there. There was a man standing there in her female restroom. So she, too, was deeply concerned and scared. And reported that to her school administration and they too said look this is just the way it is this is our new policy and you've got to uh, to learn to live with it wow that's uh, that's a
4: shocking decision not to communicate i mean i recognize that the decision we're talking about is is who get who goes into what restroom but but even if you decide that you're going to integrate in that way failing to communicate that to right. students is
13: hard to believe and
3: Christina, what does that mean that it was decided in secret
13: well, it was, it was decided in such a way that there was no parental input, and they didn't notify parents or students ahead of time. And that's a big problem, right? The, the school district should be seeking input from the wider student body about compassionate solutions to this issue. Um, and, and frankly, trying to find a solution that works for everyone, not a solution that infringes on the privacy rights of the vast majority of students.
3: So... We are right now, this, uh, this is still happening in Boyerstown School District where boys and girls are commingling in restrooms and locker rooms.
13: That's exactly right. So this is, is currently ongoing in the Boyertown School District. Um, uh, several very courageous plaintiffs decided to step up and uh, take the very scary step of suing their school to protect not only their own bodily privacy, but also the privacy of other students who are coming up through the school district and who don't have a voice in this matter. So that's why Alliance Defending Freedom has had the privilege of representing these very courageous kids. Um, we're disappointed that the Supreme Court wasn't willing to take up their case at this point, but it's not over. Uh, we're back down at the trial court level for further development.
4: Talk about What alternatives the school administration gave to the students that were upset by this?
13: So to the kids whose bodily privacy had been violated, the school district basically said, you know, You're the problem, and if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. You can go use a faculty restroom. You can can go, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yes, and use a single-user facility that's quite a bit further away from your gym class or whatever your next period class might be. So in essence, the school administration wasn't willing to work with them. It made the students themselves feel like they were the problem simply for asking that the school district protect their privacy.
3: Wow so uh, on the on the flip side of this, there had to be some sort of advocacy right from the students who are identifying as a different gender to someone in power right I mean this this had to have some deeper roots elsewhere
13: yeah that's not entirely clear um, we don't really have information as far as what prompted this, mm-hmm. but what we do know is that some students who in went through the Boyertown high school, school district, and um, have since graduated and have been very public about this, very vocal about this issue. They've come out and said, look, we were completely fine utilizing the restrooms that associate with our biological sex. Um, that's the one the way that people are the most comfortable, other students are, are more comfortable with that. So, again, the school district has an obligation to, first and foremost, protect the bodily privacy of every student in its care, not a, not the select needs of a few. And secondly, there are solutions that do protect um, everyone's privacy.
4: Christina, I, I need to clarify something you said. So you're saying that the, the, the transgendered students were not bothered by using the restroom of their biological gender. So this was a decision that was made just at the behest of school administration?
13: Well, we can't say that broadly. All we know is that there has been one student that has been very vocal and um, has come out and said, look, there, we I didn't personally have a problem utilizing the bathroom and locker room of my biological sex. Now, whether there were others who who did find that distasteful, we don't know, and that's really not part yeah. of the record today. Yeah, to date, and, that's part, and
4: that has to be part of the problem with this whole situation, is that with something that is as, um, it, with an issue that's a lightning rod like this. Communication is of the utmost importance, and the fact that it was communicated so poorly, both to parents and to students, I mean, it's blowing up in the face of the the school administration.
13: Nope, you're exactly right. And, again, it's very unfair to the students involved. Uh, no child should have to walk into a restroom uncertain about whether or not they're going to, you know, find someone of the opposite sex there. No young woman should have to change in a locker room fearing that there's a boy there. I mean, it's just common sense.
3: It sure is. We're talking with Christiana Holcomb, who joins us as legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, talking about the Supreme Court pushing back Doe versus Boyertown area school district. The case this week which was a pushback to lower courts. So, Christiana, tell tell us the the route that students, when they see this and then they go, well, um, I'm going to go and push this into a a legal arena, how do they intersect with ADF?
13: Sure. So the students... that joined the lawsuit and did so at various points, Um, but first and foremost, they started with a connection with the local family policy council there in Pennsylvania, who does fabulous work and they called up um, the local FPC and said, look, we don't know what to do. Our school administration is not listening to our concerns, they're violating our bodily privacy and we don't know how we're able to push back and stand up for our rights. And from there, um, that organization got in contact with Alliance Defending Freedom, and it's been our pleasure to jointly represent them, um, both in filing the federal lawsuit and then taking it all the way to the Supreme Court.
4: All right. Well, Christiana, we thank you so much for joining us today and keeping us abreast of the situation.
13: My pleasure. Thanks for having
6: me. Oh, my papa to me, you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa. To me, you are so good. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. I'm a little biased, but I think we five minor kids got the best dad around. Let's celebrate those special men in our lives with a Springhouse Father's Day steak fry and chicken barbecue. My brother Sam and his boys will crank up the barbecue pit outside and grill the chicken quarters and the New York strip steaks with our special Father's Day. Marinade. Come hungry for all the fixins to go with your steak or chicken hot off the pit. Top off the meal with a brownie or blondie, something to suit every dad's taste or any of our other sweet creations. Of course, every dad is treated to a Springhouse ice cream cone and we will have live music all day, too. Visit the calves out in the play area and plan to have a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com.
14: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
6: Hi. It's flow! And you know what word I don't get? Shampoo. The first half of the word is sham, and the second part you definitely don't want to see in the shower. That's why I made up a neat word, flotection. The feeling of security you get when your new house is protected by home insurance through me and Progressive. I mean, seriously, shampoo? What part of that makes you want to rub it all over your hair?
1: Save an average of 17%
8: on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
13: Hey, Pennsylvania, need collector car
11: insurance? Only Haggerty has the expertise and passion to protect your car. Quote at Haggerty.com slash East or with your local agent.
5: Chris Tom is unveiling the song, Good Good Fox."
14: Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. In a
5: room full of Christian music broadcasters, two elderly black women will stand out. It's Ladies'
14: Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. My
5: mom and them have begun to do what I call a coastal rock. <laughs> hey, who I am? How? Oh! They didn't know whether to watch Chris Tomlin or Aretha Franklin and Patti LaBelle singing in the back.
14: Get early
1: bird admission through May 31st at wordfm.com. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store.
10: Mainly clear tonight with a low of 58 for tomorrow, increasing clouds with a heavy gusty thunderstorm around later on in the afternoon and into the evening hours. A high tomorrow, 80 degrees, low tomorrow night, 59 for Sunday, clouds and breaks of sunshine, breezy and noticeably cooler with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, high Sunday, 69 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
3: Hey, welcome back. What do you think? Uh, Pennsylvania, pretty happy state. It's
4: hard to assess a state.
3: Yeah, it is. I so, mean, it's a I, lot of mileage, isn't it? It's
4: hard it? to assess a city, let alone a state. Yeah. Um, I feel like the three of us are happy. Is that is that a, a okay place to start? Yeah,
3: I think so, right? Stem from there and look around you and go, we're fairly happy. But according to the people, according to the people at Wallet Hub, who did a survey of the happy twenty happiest states in the country. Pennsylvania is not even on the list.
4: Well, see, that's just uh, – thats you know why that is? Mm. One word. Philadelphia.
3: You think what? They drag us down. They
4: drag yeah. us all down.
3: Yeah, you can see that. If
4: you had to watch the Flyers Very play powerful. hockey every single year, wouldn't you be depressed? Well,
3: they call oh, the cool. city a brotherly, brotherly oh, love. come on. That was like that. 200 years ago. There was yes. brotherly love there.
4: Come on. Yeah. Get out of here. Let me say that uh, it's National Smile Day, which yes. is the reason we're talking about it. Oh. Right.
12: Even though it's breaking When there are
1: clouds In the sky You'll get by You'll get by If you smile through your fear and sorrow Of it's in that
3: King Cole
1: Maybe tomorrow Shining
4: through Nobody in Philadelphia listens to this song, John. <laughs> That's
3: a beautiful voice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so uh, you want to look at the uh, 20 list or 20 top states that are the happiest?
4: Yeah, because I'm going to see if really I think they're any happier than we are. Okay,
3: the uh, company looked at 31, Wallet Hub did, 31 different metrics determining which states were the happiest. The metrics included number of work hours, job security, adult depression, income bro- income growth, and even the weather. And uh, they broke those things down. So we,
4: we do get hurt a little bit on weather, but go ahead.
3: Yeah, okay, so the... Uh, let me go quickly in the uh, – from 24 to 1, 20th state, North Carolina, Georgia, Colorado. Oh,
4: Georgia's happy in spite of that horrific abortion mm, law that right. they passed where, they're, where all of Hollywood's going to pull out and Warner Brothers and Disney and Netflix and they're all absolutely – would never deign to work in Georgia. Right. There's such an Georgia will continue uh, to be happy. Right, but they'll continue to work in Northern Ireland. Yeah, exactly,
3: where there's zero. But
4: but it's cool looking there, and so they'll keep going.
3: Georgia, Colorado, Washington State.
4: State of Washington, Mm -hmm. happy, all right.
3: Mm -hmm. Massachusetts. Mm
4: -hmm. Oh, see, the reason they're happy is because somehow they've landed on these sports teams that keep winning. Boy, they sure have. I'm telling you, if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, I am going to be
3: inconsolable. I mean, that's the state of champions. That's, that's the case, right? Stop it, no. Virginia. It is the state of champions. We can't say that. Don't
5: say what? that. You're allowed to say that. Would you be quiet?
4: It's with a that fact. Mon-
3: it's a fact. No,
4: stop it. Weird. The if they fans. win, oh, if no, they win, we're not talking about it.
3: Uh, you guys brought it up. I'm just. We're the city of champions. No, 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 no. Right. You can't. Oh, yeah. yep. That's long since gone. You know that boat's long since sailed. You know but that.
4: It's a fact. It's a fact. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's sailed or not.
3: Anyway, let's go back to that. Tom happy Brady list.
4: acted like he'd never emailed that kid, or he'd never texted that kid. You oh, know, he texted please, that you know kid a hundred times. That's Don't why the friends disappeared.
3: Up, over. you guys. We're just talking about trying to be happiness. Now, Pennsylvania just plunged <laughs> about five more slots. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see. Massachusetts, Virginia,
4: Virginia. They're so close to D.C. I would think that would sap all the happiness out of you. <laughs> Here are
3: these next two. I find very unhappy: uh, New York and New Jersey. Seriously? New York and New Jersey? I don't trust
4: this list. I don't
3: know. That's Wallet Hub. Uh, then we move into Connecticut. Top five. One, two, three. Uh Top six. Okay. Number six is Connecticut. Very,
4: very nice and expensive.
3: Yeah. Wisconsin. We've got a friend from Wisconsin. He seems happy. He's a very happy man. But he lives here. Yes. But in I just, state. it's in the blood. Uh, cheese
4: curds, though, are delicious.
3: Mm-hmm. It's bad for your health, though. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it is. Do you like curds?
4: Though. I First Ooh. of all, I think it's a horrible word. Mm-hmm. And it's upsetting. But when I tasted them for the first time on putin, yeah. it is delicious. I don't like that. You've never had it? I have, have you had, had putin? it. Yeah, you I, don't... No, I've
3: had curds. Oh, curds. You,
4: you should try putin. Really? It's so delicious. I can't even tell you how delicious it is. I don't know. It it's French fries oh, and yeah, gravy yeah, 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 and yeah, cheese yeah, yeah, curds. Yeah. It is delicious. It That's sounds awful, but it's great.
3: It sounds horrific. Okay, uh, Wisconsin, then Nebraska. Nebraska coming in at number four. Now, how can they be
4: happy? They only have one sports team in their whole state. Yeah, but that's state,
3: corn fed and right? big just, blue skies. It's just
4: University of Nebraska football. It's pretty much all they got. Right. I, yeah. I couldn't be happy there.
3: Uh, I can attest to this. Number three is South Dakota.
4: They happy
3: there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I've, I've visit South Dakota often, as of you fr- well know. It's
4: because of fracking. <laughs> no,
3: that's North Dakota. Uh, South Dakota. The second happiest state is Iowa. Oh wait! I'm sorry.
4: Uh, Are you messing up this list? I am.
3: I'm sorry. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Why? I'm reading off a screen.
4: I'm telling you, you can't do that. Right. Right. It's a nightmare.
3: Okay. Uh, wait. So, so s- we're at three. No, we're not. Oh, we're not at three.
4: <laughs> no. no, we're not. No, no, we.
3: No, we're probably like at like nine. Okay.
4: Good <laughs> golly. Uh,
3: South Dakota, Iowa, then Maryland. Maryland, see uh-huh. again. Way uh-huh. too close to the nation's capital. Uh-huh. Then Idaho. Because mm-hmm. of the potatoes. Right. Uh, okay. Now we're top five. Okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they're not numbered. You get paid
3: to do this. Uh, <laughs> California, number five.
4: Well, that's because it's so beautiful. Then
3: North Dakota. There's okay. The there's, the, there's the frackers. Yep. Yep. Then Minnesota. It's
4: so cold there. Mm-hmm.
3: The second happiest state is Utah.
4: Because they're Mormons.
3: Uh-huh. And the first happiest state, Hawaii.
4: Well,
3: it's Hawaii, for goodness sake. I don't sake. trust
4: this list. That list is bunk.
3: No, we just spent 10 minutes. <laughs>
4: I know. I'm telling Swinging you, I'm, around I'm, it. I'm voting it down. All right, okay. Because of Minnesota. There's and no way that it could be that cold for that long and you could be the happiest. I don't know. It's a no gorgeous way. area.
3: Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it is. Love Whatever, me. Mike. Yeah. It is. Uh, celebrity birthdays worry. today? Let's move on. Clint Eastwood. Please. <laughs> yeah. Clint Eastwood. Go ahead. Make my day. Happy birthday, I make your day. Clint Eastwood's 89 today. Uh-huh. 89. Was he the mayor of Carmel? Carmel. Carmel.
4: Have you ever <laughs> been to Carmel?
3: I have not. Have you? Yes. Lovely. I have
4: been to Car- I was. I was in Carmel when he was the mayor.
3: Really? Mm-hmm. Did he do a good job? He was Everybody
4: like- loved him. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Can you imagine if Clint Eastwood was your mayor? Yeah. Like, you'd love it.
3: No littering place.
4: Oh, my. Well, there's never been any litter <laughs> in Carmel. I can so. tell you that. Right. A favorite Clint Eastwood movie?
3: Favorite Clint Eastwood movie, Uh, number one for me? Yeah. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh. Spaghetti Western. Okay, I mean, that was sort of the advent of the Spaghetti Western. Uh, uh, Dirty Harry. Sure, of course. It's a great movie. Uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Great movie. Very good. I really Uh like that film. How about uh, In the Line of Fire?
4: That, Rene Russo and John Malkovich. Mm Mm-hmm. Is a creepily good film. He's a great villain. He's a Malkovich is so creepy, and yeah. Eastwood and Russo together is so good. Yeah,
3: very nice. Uh, the outlaw Josie Wales. Never heard of it. Um, 1976, and on uh, that same vein, Fistful of Dollars. Don't know it. 1964. I mean, you know, he's the ultimate cowboy, isn't
4: he? Oh yeah, so, but then, but you haven't named my favorite film though.
3: What the Clint Eastwood? Yeah. What Unforgiven? Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. It's just not. It's just not part of me. I was super excited to see it, and I was really disappointed by it. It's just full of dollars.
4: I wonder if you'd be disappointed if you saw it again. Maybe
3: so. I liked it. Maybe I, you're right. I should see it again because it's been a long time. It maybe, has
4: such so like. a wonderful feel to okay, it. Right. And, it's just, and he directed it yep. and starred in it. Mm-hmm. And that won the Academy Award that year, I think, I for believe Best it Picture. Did.
3: Right. Yeah. You should definitely He's reconsider. He's had a heck of a career, hasn't he? Has he has
4: had an amazing career. And did you see Mule?
3: Uh, I have not seen Mule. No, it's, uh, it's streaming right now. He's sort of in the grumpy old man period. Well, he is probably a well, listen. If
4: he's 89 years old and still working in Hollywood, yeah. that's I don't, don't care. I don't care right. what role he's in.
3: No, I see. Uh, I see the trailer from Yule, and I think, oh, that looks pretty interesting. I Have heard, heard it was very good. Really?
4: Oh yeah, I've seen the trailer. I've watched it multiple times. Yeah, so you I think he's really interesting.
3: Catch it on Prime, uh, but uh, yeah.
4: Remember the whole NRA thing when he was? Oh no, that was at the Republican National Convention. And he when he sat was, down in the chair when he was talking to the oh, chair.
3: That was not a good move. Yeah. That was sort of like a bad improv class, mm-hmm. right? It was sort it of like good. acting 101. That never happened in Carmel. <laughs> no, it did not. Okay. Uh, how about your phone? Want to talk about that, next
4: I think we should talk about how we manage it. Because it takes over, man. It takes. Remember my daughter, the story I've told multiple times my daughter coming up to me and saying, Mom, pay attention to me.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that. How to keep your phone from eating your soul. That's next.
7: WORD. Next time on
14: PowerPoint with Jack Crayon.
3: The Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And God's plan all along, of course, was to bring someone by the man's side to complete him. Tune in next time. For
2: PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, Pittsburgh. This is Tun Chilkin from my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car or truck, now is the time. This month, you could save 18% off the MSRP on select 2018 models still in stock. For example, the Chevy Cruze, Malibu, and Silverado all qualify. And you could buy with confidence knowing the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years. Check them out at Calusi.com, Chevrolet. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet.
3: At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, Tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. As parents, you're dedicated to seeing your kids
14: live out God's call for their lives, to enter adulthood with discernment, integrity, biblical values, and the ability to thrive in work that's meaningful, to not only make wise and faithful decisions, but defend them as well. At Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin, pre-K through 12th grade students thrive in an environment that fosters biblical discipleship and authentic education. Cornerstone Prep, ready for life at cornerstoneprep.net.
10: Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them.
14: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDendistry.com.
10: Most
12: clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more, all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to WordFM.com shopping, and
14: God save the green.
3: I've been driving my, um, my oldest kid to uh, this job down in the Oakland neighborhood. He's yet to get his license. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But as you go down Fifth Avenue in the city of Pittsburgh and you go down each block, you know, of course, there's those little bus kiosks. And at every bus kiosk, no matter what time of day it is, whether it's early in the morning or late in the evening, whenever I'm in there, there's always a group of students and their heads are down, you know, and they've got their phone out by the droves. 10, 15, 20 kids always looking at their phones. It, it breaks my heart in some way. I'm kind of ashamed of myself and us as a culture when I see that because I go – I raise my hand and go, I'm part of that. I'm that same oh, yeah. guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, th- and there's if you would look up, there's this incredibly beautiful world that's out there, the blue skies and the springtime in the city and the flowers are there and people – but, but we, we're missing this. Something seriously wrong has happened to us here in the past 10 years, don't you think?
4: Oh, yes. Something, but again, we've taken a thing that is remarkably good and found a way to corrupt it. I mean, it, it's a it's a gift that we have access. It's a gift that we have information. It's a gift that we have technology in general. But as human beings, always, we just can't find a way to manage it the right way.
3: What is the problem with that? We're going to talk right now with Drew Dick. Drew is the author of Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, following up on a piece uh, he wrote called How to Keep Your Phone from Eating Your Soul. Drew, welcome back.
15: Hey, thank you for having me. It's awfully close to the weekend, so if I say something weird, just chalk it up to the fact that I'm in weekend mode already.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. No, I understand that.
3: <laughs> oh, good. You get that. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Do, do I
4: get that? Are you kidding it's me? very good. But I, I was jolted out of weekend mode because, you know, I was drifting into a place of, you know, you know light happiness until I read that the average American spends almost 11 hours a day staring at a screen. That can't be right.
15: Isn't that crazy? It oh, crazy. Yeah, my. Yeah, it seems almost impossible but the problem is we have so many stinking screens that if you add it all up between the time you spend looking at your TV, your computer, your iPad, your your phone, uh, that, yeah, unfortunately, it's just under 11 hours for the average American. And, man, I, I, I totally resonate with what you were saying about seeing, especially young people, there's something particularly sad about seeing teenagers and even younger kids that should be out exploring the world and climbing trees and getting into trouble sitting there. Airing at their phones i've lost count of how many times mm-hmm. i've seen people looking at their phones and i thought that they're praying for some reason <laughs> maybe because they look so solemn and, and reverent and their head is down and then of course you look closer and realize no they're looking at their phone so yeah it's it's a huge issue not just for the younger generation but if we're being honest for uh we folks that are a little older as well.
3: Right. Okay, so you know, Drew, um, is it your iPhone that will tell you your daily screen time, right? You know, so you just said yeah. 11 plus hours a day. There should be some way that we should take that number and display it on our, you know, shirt fronts or oh, our that's lapels. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a badge of honor, but it's a badge of <laughs> it's, shame. It's
4: like the opposite of the sobriety date, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This is like the scarlet letter yeah. for the digital age.
15: <laughs> I don't know how feasible that is, but yeah, that that would maybe help us a little bit. I think the 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 weird thing about this topic is that if you sat down at the beginning of every week and actually planned your week, you probably would say, you know what? I'm going to pencil in, you know, four hours a day for mindlessly looking at my phone. Uh, I should also probably watch TV for 35 hours, right? I mean, you just never do that, and yet that's what we end up doing day after day, week after week. And and so the first thing, I think, for fighting back a little bit is just to get a little more intentional about the use of your time and prioritizing the face-to-face time with friends and family, with your church community, uh, with your kids, uh, over the screen time
12: right
3: okay so obviously you spent a lot of time thinking about this you've written a book about it and now follow up conversations with people like us and articles as well so from the from the the font of wisdom on high <laughs> oh
4: wait there is that to tell he the us font? something the font? <laughs> I, I think so
3: right i mean he's, he's much more intentional about well, this conversation so what do we do
4: Yes, well, thank you for the font
15: of wisdom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add that to my bio, Uh, (laughs) font of wisdom. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, and honestly, the reason I gravitated towards this topic in the first place is because, quite honestly, it's a challenge for me uh, because I've uh, come to the uncomfortable realization that I have a bit of a phone addiction. Um, And so, yeah, I think, you know, the first thing to do, and this may sound a little bit like legalism. I hope it doesn't, and I just think it's necessary. We need to employ what researchers call Bright a bright lines strategy and a bright lines that just refers to these hard and fast rules that you have in your life to limit the use especially of technology. So an example of this might be I don't look at my phone past seven, right? Or past seven o'clock. Um, I don't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Seven p.m. Okay. Um, or or maybe I don't have it in the room with me when I go to sleep, mm-hmm. or I don't have it on my nightstand when I wake up. You know, whatever it is, I'm just kind of making this up. Sure. But some sort of rules that kind of put some boundaries in your life. And what that actually does is it actually preserves your willpower instead of having to go constantly, oh, should I be on my phone or not at this time? You can go, oh, it's 7.30 p.m. No, nope, this is no phone time for me. Um, I'll take so it. that's one strategy that really does work because, man, these, these devices are so ubiquitous. They're so, um, addictive. Um, And if you don't put up some boundaries, some barriers in your life, they will get into every area every moment of the day and really just continually distract and disrupt your life. So it's important to do that.
3: I mean, Drew, I've reached the point where, you know my phone is with me by my side i'm sure 23 hours and you know 59 minutes out of the day it really is and i've reached the right. point where I'm in my life where like i'm outside in the yard in one of those rare instances and i'll think to myself gee i'm kind of bored i wish i had my phone you know and yeah. we've re- i've reached this is my own personal confession i've reached the point where it's a such a pacifier in my mouth and in my brain that I'm afraid to be bored yeah, or and, be and without yours, it. And,
4: and what's ironic about that is you're one of the least likely people to be bored because you're so curious about so many things. Yeah. So somehow this is changing us. So it's taking what our normal predilections are and making us worse.
15: Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I've I experienced this myself, like, you ever leave the house and accidentally forget your phone, oh. and then you kind of get this uneasiness, right? Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, I've got to, and I mean, and I got caught in a line the other day and, and realized I didn't have my phone, and it was terrifying. You know, I, I realized I was going to have to maybe talk to someone. That's another way we use these things, too, right? Is like if you're in a social situation right. where you kind of yeah. want to check out, you can just go on your phone. And like you said, we are intolerant of boredom nowadays, and so when you have a phone there, it may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but you can hop online, you can check your social media, you can watch a video clip, whatever it is, so you're just addicted to that constant stimulus, and in addition to just pulling you out of the real world, one of the negative effects of this, I think, is it, it's they're really rewiring our brains to be addicted to novelty and stimulus,
11: mm-hmm. and
15: that really has bad implications for community, yeah. uh, for spiritual disciplines like prayer, and Bible reading, because, let's face it, sometimes those are difficult. They demand concentration and intentionality and focus. And, and the Internet especially is really um, limiting our ability to do that. So, yeah, again, important to kind of come to the place. My mom recently, I mean, she's 70 years old, and she was like, you know what? I think I'm addicted to my phone. Yeah, you know, And so I think the first step, <laughs> like with any addiction, is to kind of confess that you have a problem. Because uh, for a while, my wife would say, "Hey, listen, you're on your phone too much." I'd be like, "No, I, you know, I can stop anytime. Come on." Yes, you know, but we have to come to the place where you go. You know, there's a bit of a problem here, and I need to be intentional mm-hmm. about loosening my grip on this technology because it's really infringing upon my life.
4: Drew Dick is with us, editor at Moody Publishers, former managing editor of Leadership Journal, and author of a great book called "Your Future Self Will Thank You: Secrets to Self Control from the Bible and Brain Science." Uh, Drew, Andy Crouch wrote a book. That I hate because it's so <laughs> convicting and it's bright orange and it's something about – it's the TechWise family. That's what it's called. Right. And one of yeah. the things he says in that book – and I've told him that I hate the book and you know I've confessed that to him because I have to be <laughs> honest about who I am. But one <laughs> the, the things that he says in the book that that reminded me of something you just said is that creativity comes on the other side of boredom.
11: Mm, so his like his
4: that. his he asserts that you will not be creative yes. unless you're bored first, and so if you don't yes. ever let yourself get bored, then you're never going to get creative. Mm, and boy, that was to me another reason I hate the book. That was a real indictment.
15: <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah, there's something about boredom or just kind of that blank space where you're left to like, uh, you know, use your imagination. Uh, you know, just kind of be alone with yourself, which is d- increasingly difficult, I think, for us. Uh, but there's something about doing that that does. I-, I just know this is true in my own experience. It, it fuels that um, creative process. And I think it's the same, too, incidentally, for the spiritual life, right? It's those moments where we can kind of sit um, you know, without any sort of engagement in front of us. We're not listening to a podcast. We're not on our phone, uh, where we can hear God and have conversations with God. Um, and that deepen our life, I think that's one of the major concerns I have when I look at the next generation, because I realize, man, boredom, this, and I'm, I'm quoting my friend Sky Gitani here, he said, he says boredom is a prerequisite to spiritual growth, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot at stake here, and I think people make the mistake of thinking these are just passive mediums. It's like, oh, well, you know, they're just, and they do a lot of good. I'm not saying they don't. Um, uh, they've expanded our world in many ways but to kind of imagine that they, they're they just kind of neutral and you're accessing information and it's not actually changing the way you think or changing the rhythms of your life, uh, you're really fooling yourself. So you need to be aware of that. Invest if, if you have a problem and then take some intentional steps to curtail your use of these media. Yeah.
3: And, and I think that's it. That's the word for me. You have to. I have to be intentional. Otherwise, I'm just going to float downstream, you know, in a mindless scrolling until the hours go by that intentionality. And so that's what you you know, essentially what you've talked about, uh, Drew, is the idea of self-control. Look, I've got a lot of self-control in many areas of my life. But for some reason, this ubiquitous thing has seeped into the okay. cells of my DNA. All right. But
4: I'm going to defend you a little bit. So. I, because this is part of our job. And I guess that's the question I have for you, Drew, is that there are some people who have – like we can't do our jobs without having our phones. And I'm sure you're the same way. Right. So, how, so it's not like we can just decide, okay, the phones are a thing of the past. We can't do that. So how do you do it well? Like how do you do it judiciously yeah. is the question.
15: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because, uh, yeah, in an ideal world, maybe we could all surrender our technological devices and go meditate in a monastery somewhere, right? right, <laughs> right, right. Uh The truth is, if I did that, uh, if I stopped checking and returning emails, uh, I'd lose my job. And I'm betting a lot of uh, people listening would, too, right? And so, yeah, you're right. That's the way it's got to be a wise engagement with these technologies. And I think that if you take a clear-eyed look at your use of technology, I think if you're like me, you'll discover probably about 50%, maybe even a little more, it's stuff that you really have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it benefits you to be on social media a little bit. Uh, you definitely have to return email. You have to kind of stay informed. But a lot of it is just kind of what I'd call a like dead space, right? You're just right. there because you're bored. You're, you're, you're kind of watching videos. You're going down rabbit holes on in the Internet, reading things that don't really matter that much, getting engaged in arguments that are fruitless. And so when you look at that and you think, hey, where can I cut back here? Uh, and then more importantly, what can that create space in my life to do? Maybe it's go for a walk or spend some time with my kid, you know, that kind of thing. One of the things my family does, we, we do it imperfectly, I'll be totally honest, but we try to observe a, t- a screen, uh, no screen Sunday is what we call it, and it's just what it sounds like, right, where you just, you know, m- the kids aren't watching cartoons, dad's not on his phone, um, and we just, man, we don't always pull it off, like I said, but when we do, it really is an awesome, beautiful, restful time where we look each other in the eyes, maybe play a board game, Uh, And if you can just create some space in your life where you're free of the technology, I think it has a really refreshing effect and um, loosens its hold on your life.
3: I'm into that. Hey, Drew, thanks enough a lot. We always appreciate you being with us. Hey,
4: Drew, text me, okay? <laughs>
3: no, no. As the fount of knowledge, of wisdom, you are prohibited.
4: No, no, he's going to DM me later. We'll talk about
3: it. <laughs> Your future self will thank you. Secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science. Drew Dick has been with us. It's an excellent work.
11: Eight hundred five one eight forty twenty. That's 800 518 4020.
14: Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics. An independent school where pre K through eighth grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Tomorrow. Schedule a tour at
7: Fully transparent and here to help. Qualities like these make the original mattress factory unique. Come see where and how we make our mattresses and compare our products to the mainstream brands. We want to help you make an informed decision, free from hassle and confusion. So when you're ready to purchase your next mattress, come to the original mattress factory first. Whether you buy from us or not, you'll walk away better prepared to make a smart mattress choice. Stop by one of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com.
8: Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%. APR, 4.65%. Call us today today at 800 quicken or go to
9: rocketmortgage.com rates subject to change Pay 2.3% fee to receive this discount a great call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states animalist number 33
1: they didn't teach us this in bible college a family
3: in my church has asked me to help with their son who is addicted to heroin they're in a serious crisis and i'm so busy with everything else at the church how do i help them For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless.
4: The thought. Of dating in this era.
3: Oh, my goodness. Of
4: the dating app. It just makes me physically... I I feel like I want to break out in hives. Yeah.
3: When you think about, you know, 18 to 34-year-olds. And listen, that's such a horrible...
4: You know, dating is so difficult because you're... You're ripe for getting your feelings hurt, hurting someone else's feelings. It seems like a lot is at stake and it's hard to relax and be yourself and you have all these expectations and you have, oh my gosh, you know, I'm almost thirty and I'm not married yet or almost (laughs) forty or almost fifty or whatever your age is. And like I'm I'm behind. I'm whatever it is. This story from today's London Telegraph is one of the worst I've read. This I, I okay. This is what it says. Dating apps are encouraging dangerous crash dieting practices, particularly among men, according to a new study. Hmm. An investigation by Harvard University found a strong correlation between people who use apps like Tinder and unhealthy weight control behaviors such as fasting, vomiting, and use of laxative pills. What? 44.8% of women reported fasting and 54 Point one percent of men, Wow, 36.4% of men reported vomiting. I mean, it's just, so they're talking about the correlation between dating apps that are focused on appearance and these types of crash dieting practices.
3: So you want to look as good as possible because you're, here's the weird thing. You're meeting a slew of strangers, right? And you want to Impress that person so you're starving yourself. So as they shuffle through the photos, you stand out. And then if you meet in person, isn't you are a, as you are. Isn't
4: that obscene? That's the worst. It. Oh, I, gosh.
3: In my dating life, I only dated two people that I did not know.
4: Oh, previously?
3: Yeah. Two. Everybody I dated was, you know, in the theater and I knew them. Right. And it was. The other two people just kind of like were what?
4: Mike, did you ever meet date anybody from that you met online a or? dating app? No, never. How about a I blind date? I avoided
5: that. Nope, never done a
4: blind date either. Blind date? Oh, you never did a we blind done date? Blind dates? I oh, never yeah. did a blind date. You've never Never. Never. You never did a blind no, date? No, no, no. John uh, Hall, you never did a blind date? No. Oh, it's atrocious. I'm sure
3: it is. That's why I stayed away oh, from it's it. Awful. No thanks. No, you no. You should
4: definitely have done it. No. It's that terrible. Really? I, I mean, talk I- about finding ways to be filled with self-loathing. Oh.
3: You sit down across from a total stranger. Uh-huh. And first of all, I, disp- I despise small talk, right? I mean, uh, just yeah. sit there and kind of go, this is – and then, you know, you have to what? Reveal your dating history or uh, – oh, yeah, it makes me crazy to think oh, about it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God bless all, okay, anybody so, out okay, there.
4: Okay, so as bad as, as, as uh, a blind date was, which was, you know, really difficult, the thought of having to, quote, unquote, sell myself mm. on some dating app so that someone <laughs> calls me Oh my gosh. God love these people who are growing up in this era.
3: I mean, when you look back, hopefully 10, 20, 30 years from now, people go, that was a hot mess. We're much better off because Because we stopped doing that? I hope so.
7: Sharing the word that changes the 101.5
16: WORDFM, Pittsburgh,
7: a service of Salem Media Group.
14: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Planned Parenthood has been successful at keeping its only abortion clinic in Missouri open. A judge issued an order just before the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services had said it would not renew the clinic's license. Lila Rose of Live Action tells Salem Radio News the clinic has an extremely poor health record. So this
16: is a facility that's had over 70 medical emergencies at it. It is one that refuses to cooperate with state investigators. It has multiple health and safety violations, according to the state health department. So it's not only ending the lives of children in the womb, it's also putting women at risk.
14: St. Louis Circuit Judge Michael Stelzer issued a temporary restraining order preventing Missouri from taking away the clinic's license. A bad day on Wall Street as the Dow dropped 355 points to 24,815. The NASDAQ dropped 37. The S&P lower by 115. More at srnnews.com.
5: The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet. Serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years.
14: Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then, she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee.
11: Small latte, please.
14: And then, she saved a few lives.
3: Nurse, two units go negative.
14: One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to BloodScienceFoundation.org and made a financial donation.
11: There, done.
14: You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you. And Jen.
11: Ooh, cake pops. So, what
14: have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit BloodScienceFoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving. From the heart.
4: For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique, but you are not alone. MAD is here to help. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit MAD.org. That's M-A-D-D O-R-G.
14: As parents, you're dedicated to seeing your kids live out God's call for their lives. To enter adulthood with discernment, integrity, biblical values, and the ability to thrive in work that's meaningful. To not only make wise and faithful decisions, but defend them as well. At Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin, pre-K through 12th grade students thrive in an environment that fosters biblical discipleship and authentic education.
1: Cornerstone Prep. Ready for life at cornerstoneprep.net. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club
12: membership, but not the Word FM discount shopping club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping. And God save the green. You know, they say the best is yet to come.
10: Mainly clear tonight with a low of 58 for tomorrow, increasing clouds with a heavy gusty thunderstorm around later on in the afternoon and into the evening hours. A high tomorrow, 80 degrees, low tomorrow night, 59 for Sunday, clouds and breaks of sunshine, breezy and noticeably cooler with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, high Sunday, 69 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem, Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
3: When I was a little kid, you know, having all these brothers and sisters in front of me, there were markers in my life where I go, when I get to do that, like I remember my mom would make these lunches, these paper bag lunches. And in the evening, all these paper bags would be lined up on the kitchen counter. You know, there was. Five, five in a row. And I used to think, one of these days I'm going to get my own paper bag with my name on it and I'll be big. And along with those, you know, sort of mature markers were tying your shoes, learning how to tie your shoes, tie a knot, and learning how to tell the time from the clock on the kitchen wall. I couldn't wait to do that. So maybe five, six or so you get you fall into that
4: mm-hmm. and learning well teaching someone how to read a clock is very complicated i remember when both of my daughters were in that um segment of elementary education i can't think of what grade that might have been second grade maybe third grade
3: to read a clock yeah i was thinking of... first grade
4: maybe maybe it was younger than that With little I, don't, red I don't remember right but it's Difficult to explain, you know what I mean? Like, so both of my daughters had a really hard time with it, and so we would we. My husband made this little cardboard clock, and um, and we would practice at home. But when they don't get it, it's hard to break it down. It's hard to break it down. You know what I mean? Like, so what? What? Why? Why twelve? Okay, well, twelve is half of twenty four. Okay, so why do you say quarter till? Why? What do you mean fifteen after? What? And like, it's just. Anyway, so when I heard that there was a Jimmy Kimmel clip where he went out on the street and said, hey, let's figure out if anybody who's under the age of 30, 25 maybe – can actually read a clock, not the digital face on your phone, and I don't mean the face, like digital readout on your phone, but an actual clock
3: face. An analog clock face that have been around for thousands of years or a thousand years, right? So it was shocking to see this. It's a short clip that he did on the show a couple of days ago, and maybe six or seven people stood up and you know, stepped forward, and he asked them to read a clock. These poor kids, and they were mostly kids, you know, late teens, were- mid-20s.
4: I I would even say between 20 and 30. Oh, really? I don't think they were late teens.
3: So, you know, clearly there's a a clock in the background. It'll say, you know, 2.20. Someone's looking at that and they don't have a clue. Some people just declined, not even be part of the process. Right. Can you tell me? And they were like, no. And they actually ran away from the clock.
4: One woman said, I haven't done this since I was in elementary school.
3: Right. And if people see me and they'll see that I can't read this, they'll be ashamed. I mean-
4: that is that, That's shocking to me. I I don't I don't know why that's shocking. I guess because I went through the process with my kids, and so I guess I figured everybody was going through this process with their Some kids. people don't. Apparently, everybody's not going no, through no. this process okay.
3: because you can get by in this world now without reading the clock I guess face, so. right? Look, you got your phone. It's five oh eight. I'm looking at right. it right now. But 508? I'd
4: always rather look at a clock face than look at a digital readout. Always, always. I have clocks in my house. No, no. I I am I am big on clocks. Oh, really? Big
3: on clocks. Uh, funny you say that because I have a clock that was my parents' clock that is in our dining room. It's a, you know, oh, yeah. tick tock, tick tock, right. tick, and it, you know, rings mm-hmm. or chimes on um, the hour, the quarter hour, you know, that whole thing, which I love. Mm-hmm. The only reason I love that is because I always envision the echo of that time in my parents' lives and mm, moving I forward love that. to mine.
4: That's wonderful. That's all. What about Mike? So you're a millennial, Mike. Can you read a clock? Can yeah, you read a clock? Yeah. Um, Good boy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
5: probably in first grade, first or second grade. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not surprised by that because everybody looks at their phones or their Apple Watches nowadays. That you know, I'm not surprised that nobody knows – or not nobody, but a lot of people don't know how to tell time on a regular clock.
3: Right. Okay, so that's, that's a negative of the – we've been sort of beating yes. up on the tech age. We here. have. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also positive things as well. So I'm reading in uh, today's New York Times, you know, uh, every year, Scripps Howard has the uh, National Spelling Bee. And uh, last night, uh, eight contestants, for the first time ever, were crowned co-champions. Eight Eight contestants were crowned co-champions after the competition said that it was running out of challenging words. A stunning result just after midnight for the 92nd annual event, which has had uh, six two-way ties, but has never before experienced such a log jam at the top. After the 17th round, Jacques Bailey, the event's pronouncer, announced that any of the eight remaining contestants who made it through three more words would share in the prize. He says, uh, quote, we do have plenty of words remaining in our list, but we'll soon run out of words that will challenge you. He added, we're throwing the dictionary at you, and so far you are showing the dictionary who is boss. So none of the contestants faltered. They each got their own moment of triumph as they correctly spelled words into the 20th round. Then they sat back in their seats as the next contestant had their moment. And uh, no surprise, six of the eight uh, finalists, the winners, were, um, were Indian. And um, they all received, Listen to this: the competition normally offers a fifty thousand dollar prize to the champion, but instead of splitting the fifty thousand dollars, all eight contestants will receive fifty oh, thousand dollars. awesome! And their own trophy.
4: That wow. is so terrific! Isn't that cool? Listen, I was in—I was heavy into the spelling bee when I was in elementary school. In oh, were you? Junior high, yes. And it is so hard. It is very, very, very oh, hard. And it, uh, it appeals to a certain kind of person and mm-hmm. it appeals to a certain brain uh, ability in one part of your brain because part of it is not just memorization. Part of it is being able to visualize the word and people who are better at visualizing are better at spelling. Oh, I see. Um, and so you learn this as you go through different drills, and you start to see people that are really good and people who aren't as good. And then you talk to people who are good and why are you good? And anyway, the fact that there were eight kids that were that good is amazing. Yeah,
3: I mean across the board, they said generally of the eight winners, they spent six to eight hours a day working on the spelling bee. Six to eight hours. Yeah. While they while cool.
4: they were acing all their classes. Right. And. Playing the piano and learning the violin and speaking French, but right. not learning how to tell time. Well, that's the question, right? So we, <laughs> we're, so we're looking at this at a younger generation, and right. we're thinking they are so incredibly intelligent, and then they're so like I was going to say moronic, but I, I can't. I hate to say that. No, I, no. Ju- I can't believe you you wouldn't be able to read a clock face. Right, right.
3: Okay. So funny you bring up the clock face because during the uh, the spelling bee last night uh, at the seventeenth round. One of the the questionnaires, one of the uh, co-winners, he says, uh, when it came time for him to step up, he said, out of curiosity, would you happen to know what time it is? And there was a a lot of great laughter. And they said it was 1118. So the group of students had some little levity to break up that tension. Okay. Now, here's
4: the question that I would love to ask Hmm. is how many of the eight who were co-champions at the Spelling Bee can read a clock face?
3: Oh I would hope all of them would. If you would invest 6 to 8 hours a day studying words you don't think I don't know I wonder.
4: I don't I, and and how many of the people who couldn't read the clock face and Jimmy Kimmel are good spellers?
3: <laughs> I would think not many.
4: See but, so, but, right. but that's just a judgment we're making. I, I we don't really is. know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Are there speaking of spelling are there particular words that trip you up? Always. Me too.
4: Always. But those, not necessarily words I misspell, but they're words I, I mistype every oh, single time. Me too. I cannot type the word Christian.
3: What? I Why? Why? And You're moving too fast?
4: Christianity, forget it. Oh, really? Every single, I don't think I've ever typed it straight through without a mistake. <laughs> and as you can imagine, based on my, my job, yes. I, I do type it a lot. I can't <laughs> do it.
3: That's funny. Do you
4: have a word that you mistype all the time?
3: Calendar. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yes. which based upon my job right i'm in the calendar always with you know booking guests and whatnot i always mess it up and have to go back no, okay there. I,
4: isn't that stupid don't you get frustrated like why yes. can't i spell christian what is this? it's not that i can't spell it but i can't type it
3: no right don't you love spell check i, I see me personally i love spell check oh i love I it so much it. No, yeah. no, no, yeah, i you love hate it
5: it. Mike. I it gets in the way i try to no. spell weather Weather, Whether W-H-E-T-H-E-R right. or W-E-A-T-H-E-R. It, no, I
3: like it. It just gets in the way. Spell check for me is a blanket of confidence that I'm not going to be an idiot. Right, right,
4: right. And right. I really
3: appreciate that. Right.
4: Why does my spell check, every time I try to type last, it substitutes lady. Oh, lady. that's really So weird. I'll say, you know, last night and I'll, I'll say lady night and then I'll like send it to Mike. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. Why lady does it do that? night. Lady night.
3: ladies
5: night
4: yeah speaking of ladies night we're going to talk to sherry lynn she is going to be the comedian in charge of ladies night listen if you're looking for a hilarious night out with your friends we're going to talk to sherry lynn about that later in today's show
3: yeah but paul mcnulty from grove city college he's next talking about books oh i'm new to radio
4: oh my god
3: i'm new to radio
4: it's like something new. Is that Marcia? It's like typing Christian. Hi, guys. Hey, hey Marsh, How are hey. you? What
3: the heck's going on? There, Mar- how are you doing? Good. How are you doing?
4: Marcia, it was so much fun to be with you guys and everybody at the Spring House last weekend for Farm Heritage Day. I loved it. I always loved that day. There were so many people there, Marcia. There were people waiting out the door for the delicious Spring House food.
16: <laughs> it was such a fun day, wasn't it? It sure
4: was. Thanks for
16: being there, Kathy. Yeah. You're good cow milker nowadays.
4: I am, well, I'm not that good of a cow milker. I, you know, I confess this on the air that I won the cow milking competition in spite of the fact that Zumba, the cow, was so irritated with me that she kicked my bucket over with only five seconds <laughs> remaining.
16: <laughs> we had a debriefing afterwards, and I had to just sing the song, Old Lady Leary hung a lantern in her shed, and when the cow kicked it over,
4: yeah, exactly. Oh when the God. cow kicked it over, that's what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, Marcia, it was so much fun. Were you guys pleased with all that at last Saturday?
16: Yes, we had so many nice people there and so interested in the cows and the and the whole farm tour thing and then they were, you know, they loved the food and it was uh it was a really fun day. We loved sharing our farm with all those folks.
3: Outstanding. Okay, so Marcia, what's up for this weekend because rarely do you rest? <laughs>
16: You're funny. So now we hop right into graduation and wedding season. So we have two weddings tomorrow and a whole bunch of graduation seasons. So um, we've been cooking up a storm to get ready for tomorrow, and we'll cook up a storm from early, early morning to late tomorrow night and making all kinds of homemade goodies for people's uh, special events like um, hot roast beef, Italian lasagna, mm. house baked chicken, scalloped potatoes. You know, everything yummy, homemade, old-fashioned like grandma would make for your special events, that kind of stuff. Mm.
4: Well, listen, if you're looking to cater a party, if you're looking for any help whatsoever with your wedding, with graduation or whatever, let me recommend all the wonderful people and all the great food at the Springhouse.
3: SpringhouseMarket.com on the web.
7: 101.5 WORD.
1: Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Jesus Christ satisfies the deepest longings, the deepest hungers of your heart. Jesus satisfies. Other things get old, but friend, he just gets better.
2: Study Psalm 23 with Adrian Rogers and discover the secret of satisfaction. This month on
14: Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD.
8: Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the US carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. Ready for some good news? With a cash-out refinance from Quicken Loans, you can quickly and easily put some of the equity in your home to good use by paying off a lot of that high-interest credit card debt. A great way to take cash out is with our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%, APR 4.65%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN to learn how taking cash out with a 30-year fixed mortgage might be the right solution for you. And for a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN
9: or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2.13% fee to receive this discounted rate. Alter cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.
8: Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A Another idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30 year fixed rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30 year fixed rate mortgage is 4.375%. APR 4.65%. Call us today at 800 Quicken or go to rocketmortgage.com.
9: Rate subject to change. Pay 2.13% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. And number, thirty
3: thirty. Well, if you got a kid uh, in high school or college, it's over the school year is finally finished all that studying all that work all that strain all that worry all that anxiety it's washed away and if the kids are doing that same thing what about the teachers and the administrators paul mcnulty is with us paul is the ninth president at grove city college our question is this what does the president of one christian college read during the summer break and why paul welcome to the show how are you today
17: Hey, I'm fine, John. Nice to talk to you. Hi, Kathy.
4: Yeah, always good to talk to you, Paul. And this is the time of year that I love because in the summer, and I know it has to do with with a different pace because I still have the same job I have in the summer, but I always read more in those summer months. Is that the same way for you?
17: Oh, yes. And especially when you live on a college campus, you know, Brendan and I live uh, right in the middle of 2,300 students. And so the pace of the year is crazy. And this is a wonderful time to be able to you know, read in the evenings, not attending events, and we have a wonderful place we go up in Maine, and so it's a perfect spot to read. And yeah, I can't wait to jump into a pile of books that I've gathered together.
3: Nice. So that pile is close by, Paul. As you get ready to go through that pile, what pops up first? What's at the top of the list?
17: Well, first of all, John, it's a very... Difficult job to decide what to spend time on because you get so many books that are, you know, given to me and and books that you read about in reviews. And, you know, we all wish we could just like stick these books on the top of our heads and it would all just, the knowledge would just go in. First of all, I love history. That's my favorite subject. And so I'm always looking for good history books to read. I'm just finishing up Bully Pulpit by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Fantastic book on. Presidential leadership and the press I think it's so relevant for our time But I've selected um, Becoming Lincoln uh, Written by William Freeling Um, I'm going to Springfield, Illinois In the middle of the month to visit um, A sister who was there And so she's going to take me to the Lincoln Museum never been there And this book is about how Lincoln became The person that we know him to be As president and just all the influences In his life and the timing for that Is really good and of course, everybody's looking at David McCullough's book, The Pioneers, mm. and um, uh, that you know book is really interesting for those of us that live in Western Pennsylvania because it's really the story of of these incredibly uh, courageous people who left Western Pennsylvania and settled into Ohio, and, and um, focuses on Marietta, Ohio, in particular. But it tries to illustrate just what the what these settlers were doing. So, history books, I think. Becoming Lincoln, The Pioneers, those are probably the two that I'll um, take on because I have to also, in my job I have, to step on sort of culture related books, things that um, will help with my work at the college and the life of the mind leadership, as I sometimes think of it. And uh, so I'll. I, I can go through those, but anyway, oh, yeah. that's that's um, that's the start of it. Is the history books?
4: Okay, um, those are great, uh, great choices, and I, you know, I I haven't read any of them. David McCullough is going to be in Pittsburgh. To talk about that book, what did what we just had the um, president of the Heinz History Center with us a couple days ago, Andy Masick, right. and he said that David was coming and he was going to do an evening mm. on the pioneers um, that John and I are going to go to. Um, we always try to do that whenever the the uh, Heinz History Center opens up a guest like that. They do such an excellent job in rolling that out. And David is the most entertaining, engaging mm. author to hear live.
3: And surprisingly, he's an excellent storyteller. Yeah, he is the greatest <laughs>
4: storyteller. When uh, Paul, when he came to talk about the Wright brothers, was Maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago. He came in, and there was a room of about, I don't know, 400 of us, maybe. So. Yeah. And uh, he got up, I think he was 84 at the time. He got up and spoke on the Wright Brothers for 60 minutes with n- not one note. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah absolutely nothing in front of him. he's just yeah.
3: amazing. I, I told Kath this years ago I was coming back from uh, overseas and it had a long flight and I was at the Pittsburgh airport and I got on that little subway that you know takes you from the terminal into uh, into where your baggage is and David McCullough and his wife got on the subway and it was the oh, it was just the three of us on that mm-hmm. subway and I, I I'm rarely geeked out or you know celebrity uh, <laughs> and you know what they looked they were dressed the both of them to perfection, just as you might imagine them to be. And I said nothing. I, I nodded to them, you know, he nodded back, and that was it. I was too sort of geeked out to mm-hmm. engage yeah. in a conversation. I'm glad you didn't ask for an autograph. Yeah, I was, Hi, David,
4: on this yeah, tram. Well, I think
17: if I... I ran into him, I would just I would just want to thank him. When you think about his work ethic and yeah. the number of books now that he has produced, I mean, I think my first one was Truman, mm-hmm. but oh, then Johnstown yeah. the Flood, I mean, the Great Railway, the going over to Paris, uh, the intellectuals. I mean, one thing. John Adams.
11: Another. Yeah. Is
17: yes, nice John him. Adams, of course, right? So, yeah, so that's, it's a lot of fun to see whatever he has that's new, and and, uh, and that's something i look forward to. So I also have to read about culture, yeah. and I'm going to try to jump into The Second Mountain, which is another one of these bestsellers. So between Pioneers and David Brooks' new book, The Second mm-hmm. Mountain, That's sort of one and two right now on the bestseller list. Yeah. And um, David Brooks, of course, is fascinating in terms of his walk towards faith and his honesty about that. And this book looks at what he calls the four components for the four commitments that define a life of meaning and purpose. And he looks at family and vocation and what he calls philosophy or faith and then community and how... Through studying the lives of other people, um, he makes the point that by being selfless and committed to these uh, um, com- these aspects of life, that we actually find real fulfillment and
4: happiness. Mm.
17: So that book, and then interestingly, there's a theme running through so much new um, new works on on the idea of rootedness. We just had Ben Sass, Senator Ben Sass yes. give a commencement address a couple weeks ago, and Ben's whole message was to the students that they needed to be rooted because the digital revolution is really, um, you know, doing harm to people in a sense where people are experiencing harm because they're skimming across the surface and they're not understanding Mm -hmm. the importance of being rooted in the lives of others. And so, um, interestingly, Os Guinness has a new book out called Last Call for Liberty, how America's genius for freedom has Uh, become its greatest threat, and he looks at what he calls 1776 freedom versus 1789 freedom, which is the French Revolution, so Mm -hmm. it's the American Revolution versus the French Revolution. And again, it goes to the sort of idea of what are we talking about when we talk about freedom? Are we talking about radical independence, or are we talking about a freedom to be committed and caring about uh, others' lives? Mm
4: Mm-hmm yeah we had Oz on the show a couple months ago to talk yeah. about that book and i you know mm. I can't think of a person who's a better cultural commentator when it comes to the ideas of liberty and especially coming as an immigrant um i shouldn't say an immigrant because I think he has dual citizenship um mm. but he he's a he's an observer of the American system, and so he looks at it differently than I think we look at it ourselves
17: yes absolutely uh he's able to have just that sort of uh took distance to be able to comment on society, but you right. studied it so closely. And there's another book by Tim Carney that I've added to the pile called Alienated America, one that's probably not known as well. And it sort of looks at the cultural divide and again, um, it tries to understand why some communities thrive and others do not and, um, and what's happening there. And so there's, again, this sort of consistency of Of uh, analysis I think what's going on. So already I've probably, um, you know, this is like taking food off the buffet. I've taken more than I can eat, but I'm going to uh, add those to the um, mix. And then I just have some books that are kind of related to doing my jobs. We have a faculty retreat in August every year to um, precede the students arrival and get a big percentage of our faculty to go off for two days together. And this year we're going to look at science and Christianity. So there's a couple books that Mm. we've selected for that. Oh, what books did you choose? Well, "Science and Christianity" by J.B. Stump, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a compilation of a lot of different essays, and then "Belief in God in an Age of Science" by a fellow by name Hulking Horn. And those are the two books, excerpts of which we are going to discuss at the retreat. Mm -hmm. And then finally, marijuana. Um, I'm uh, someone who's for a long time, going back to my days on Capitol Hill when I worked for eight years for the Crime Subcommittee, I've long believed that uh, that there's a, a great effort underway to try to um, legalize marijuana based upon um, bad understanding and myths and so forth. And I think Pennsylvania has to um, get itself geared up for this debate. And so I want to refresh my mind on the dangers and the issues associated with uh, uh, marijuana use
4: is that the Alex and, Berenson uh,
17: book? A, yeah, so I've got two books. Uh, kind of want to go through on this marijuana issue. One is by a fellow by the name of Gogic, Ed Gogic. It's called Marijuana Debunked. And there's one. I think would you just say uh, Berenson? Yeah, Alex, Alex Berenson, Berenson. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your Show yes. about marijuana. Yeah, yeah I've read yeah, that.
4: Yeah. I've read that one. That is that is very well done. It's very readable, and it is a cautionary tale. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm.
17: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some people want to make us the key stoned
3: state. Right. To really right.
4: So that. Yeah, that's really going to help us out.
3: Well, that's a heck of a, a – Paul, are you able to um, to read several books at a time? Do you do that? You know, del- delve here, um, set it down?
17: I, yeah, I do, and especially when they're different. So, you know, reading about something on science and then putting that away and then kind of going back to a history book. Um, and I also love books on paper so that way it kind of keeps you moving. Right. So as you um, – or riding on a long car trip or something, you can knock off a half a book and then you really feel
3: like you're making progress. That's excellent. Well, good. Uh, We've written all these titles down. Can we post these up on our Facebook page? right, We'll have Mm -hmm. the uh, the Paul McNulty summer reading list on the Ride Home with John and Kathy Facebook page. Hey, Paul, uh, we're going to take a break and step away. But listen, we'd love to have you stick around. Um, We want to talk about Robert Mueller, and you're a a Washington insider. You know a lot of different people still over those many decades in Washington, D.C. So if you don't mind, uh, stay with us, and we'll uh, delve into some politics.
17: Sure, John, I'd be happy
3: to. Oh, fabulous. Thanks. Paul McNulty, the ninth president of Grove City College, is with us. We'll take just a quick break, but our conversation continues in just a few minutes. Stay with us. This past week, Independent of each other, both Kath and I, we loaded up our SUVs and minivans and we drove up to Grove City College where we helped our kids take apart their dorm rooms and squish everything in the back of those SUVs and drive home. Why? Because school is over. Another year is over at Grove City College.
4: And all the stress and all the angst of finals, the last papers, the tests, everything that had to be completed is completed. Hallelujah. And now the kids are at home.
3: The good thing is it was a hard year, but it was also an excellent year. And, you know, you talk to your kid, you follow along, and you, th- I'm praying for you. I'm wishing for the best. But me as a parent, knowing that my boys at Grove City College, surrounded by a tight group of guys with Jesus in the middle, I can't tell you what that makes me feel like as a father. I love it so much, and I'm thrilled that another year's over at Grove City College.
4: And now that we look forward to the summer, both John's son and my daughter have landed jobs that they got in large part because their employers know that they're students at Grove City College.
3: That's right. People recognize the excellence of Grove City College, know that there's quality there, and with a Christ like education, deeply in the middle of all that, I mean, it's a bargain. Truly, when you look online at what Grove City charges for their education, you can't pass it up. It's the place to go. If you're looking to send to your child, look online
2: Hey, Pittsburgh. This is Tun Chilkin for my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car or truck, now is the time. This month, you could save 18% off the MSRP on select 2018 models still in stock. For example, the Chevy Cruze, Malibu, and Silverado all qualify. And you could buy with confidence knowing the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years. Check them out at Calusi.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet.
10: Mainly clear tonight with a low of 58 for tomorrow, increasing clouds with a heavy gusty thunderstorm around later on in the afternoon and into the evening hours. A high tomorrow, 80 degrees. Low tomorrow night, 59 for Sunday, clouds and breaks of sunshine, breezy and noticeably cooler with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, high Sunday, 69 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
3: Paul McNulty is with us. Paul is the ninth president of Grove City College. Prior to returning to his alma mater, Paul McNulty spent over 30 years in Washington, D.C. as an attorney in public service and private practice. In 2005, the United States Senate unanimously conferred McNulty to the position of Deputy Attorney General, the second in command of the United States Department of Justice and the chief operating officer of the department's 100,000 employees.
4: Paul, when I was, uh, gardening on Wednesday, I listened to Robert Mueller's comments, and, uh, he'd been under a lot of pressure, I'm assuming, to make some sort of commentary. And when he started speaking, Paul, I thought that he was speaking just for the purpose of letting Congress know he did not want to testify. And he said, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever comments I'm making, um, I'm not going to keep making them. For, for after these comments I'm making now, my testimony is going to be what's written down, and that's it. But then as the, as As the eight or nine minutes went on, it seemed like he got into some odd waters to me, Um, especially when he uh, reasserted the fact that he was not able to come up with enough evidence to charge the president with obstruction, kind of saying, but if you looked harder, you could find it. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but certainly a lot of Americans are reading that same thing into what Mueller said. What do you think?
17: Yeah. I mean, I think that um, Bob is an aggressive prosecutor. He's always been an aggressive law enforcement person, um, uh, especially so. I mean, that's been his um, approach to his work as a U.S. attorney, the head of the Department's Criminal Division, and the director of the FBI. So I've been around aggressive prosecutors for a lot of my career, and um, they – uh, will look at evidence and they'll look at a statute and they will try as best they can to try to make a case for how the law could apply to the evidence. And so what he's saying is with that perspective in mind, he couldn't conclude that he clearly, and in certain language it's very interesting, and he couldn't clearly conclude that the president didn't commit a crime, which is just a very interesting way of saying it, But I think what's more important is that Bill Barr, we of course repeated this morning on the CBS news interview, um, said, okay, he, he should have done that, but if he didn't want to do that, that's his call. But we did. We went through the evidence. We went through the law. We looked at all of it, and we concluded, we being the deputy attorney general and other career prosecutors at the Department of Justice working together, that, um, the law just didn't fit the facts, and uh, that's why we concluded that uh, we didn't think that, you know, again, bar saying we think that the obstruction the, uh, of justice law wasn't violated. So you'd have one of these situations where um, Mueller as an aggressive prosecutor is just perhaps is disagreeing with that but not actually coming down squarely on that point, and so the Department of Justice has taken its position.
4: So, Paul, you were part of the independent counsel investigating President Clinton, uh, the Starr team. Um, Mm -hmm. And so now, of course, the independent uh, counsel statute has expired, and now we have the special counsel. And I believe you told us last time that one of the differences between the independent counsel and the special counsel is that the independent counsel, you all could decide um, what charges you were bringing. But with the special counsel, that, that responsibility has to be handed off to the attorney general?
17: That's right. The special counsel is an employee of the Department of Justice, and Bob Muller made that point himself very clearly. In fact, the reason of his press conference was to say that he's stepping down from that status as an employee of the department. So he really uh, was subject to the um, the decision-making process of the Department of Justice, and, um, and that's what um, Bill Barr has consistently said. The independent counsel, however is independent of the Department of Justice or was at the time when it existed. And therefore, Kenneth Starr could reach his conclusions and send those to Capitol Hill. Um, and, um, and and in a sense, he was his own attorney general in, uh, in what he did.
3: Mm-hmm. Paul, I, I always appreciate hearing you speak like this, because when you, when you call Robert Mueller Bob, obviously you have an intimacy with the man, and you go, you go back yes. and forth, and I often think about something you talked about earlier in, in an earlier conversation, to talk about Robert Mueller's integrity and the kind of man that he is, and, and that gave me a great sense of peace about where we are. I mean, despite the politi- political machinations of where we are in this country, and so many people pushing you know, for impeachment and leaning hard on criminal charges or whatnot, it's good to know from your perspective, and you're telling us this, that there is a man of great integrity and honesty who has the best interest of the country and is above the political fray despite those who want to drag him down into this conversation.
17: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at someone whose career just um, really just um, in every – aspect, I mean, going back to the economy, even as a soldier in Vietnam, he's always been about responding to duty, and he's very interested in knowing what the rules are and following them, and so I've had confidence in that all along. Now, you know, he has um, taken on tremendous responsibilities here, and he has his own strong views on things that um, may differ from others at the Department of Justice, but one key moment, as Kathy was summarizing, um, was when he basically was saying to Capitol Hill, on the one hand, yes, you can take this up because that is your constitutional option of pursuing the president. But if you're going to make me a player in that, just be clear, I'm not going to play along. I'm going to only say what's in the report and nothing more. So if you want to waste your time and have me repeat the report, well, fine. But And, you know, another, another type of personality could easily want to be much more uh, freewheeling and um and uh, that's um, not way, the way he operates,
4: Paul. I know that you are not an attorney, but you've worked with attorneys for the majority of your working life. No, well, I am an attorney. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't realize be a US that.
17: U.S. attorney and a deputy attorney general without being one. No. Uh, okay, great. My, uh, All right. Well, then yeah. you're
4: okay. Well, then you're, you're even more qualified to answer this question. Then tell me what the presumption is um, in the case of a president, because I, I did think that language that you brought up was odd. I, him saying that I don't, I can't tell you for sure he did didn't obstruct justice is basically what he said and like that to me i think well wait isn't there a presumption of innocence there shouldn't we say like if you don't have enough to charge him we're going to assume he didn't do it not we're going to think that maybe he did do it
17: yeah i think that's a fair criticism of how he chose to communicate that um uh he certainly did say though to uh, defend him on one point that you know he didn't think it was fair to um once he knew that the president could not be charged constitutionally, that wouldn't be fair to say he committed a crime um, if he couldn't defend himself. So he had some sense of appreciation for the um, the innocent until prove, proven mm, guilty okay. and the right to sort of a speedy trial. But still, the language he chose to say, however, I can't say that he didn't. And I think the use of the word clearly um, is interesting because um, it does seem to kind of flip it around to now – having to um, prove his innocence, um, but still, um, you know, he just was uh, apparently not uh, um, going to go as far as saying that um, he saw exoneration and um, no issues involved in the conduct. He clearly sees something that he finds troubling, and, and, and that's where he's stopping
4: We're talking to Paul McNulty. He's the uh, president of Grove City College. He also spent a large portion of his career working in Washington. Um, Paul, we need to take a break. But when we come back, um, I want to continue and just ask you a couple more questions about the Mueller investigation. I think particularly if we do get into impeachment, what can we expect? I remember the circus last time. Are we going to really live through this again?
7: 1.5 W.O.R.D.
14: I'm Keith Stevens. Join
11: Donna Cruz and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. Olympic gold medalist Scott Hamilton shares about getting back up with a smile. If our lives were a four and a half minute skating routine and we make one fall, it's one second in four and a half minutes. Are we going to allow that one second to diminish the rest of the performance? I hope you can join
14: us for Keep the Faith tomorrow night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM. W.O.R.D. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee.
11: Small latte, please.
14: And then she saved a few lives.
3: Nurse, two
14: units. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to BloodScienceFoundation.org and made a financial donation.
11: There, done.
14: You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you. And Jen.
11: Ooh, cake pops.
14: So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit BloodScienceFoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the
2: heart. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Chilkin for my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car or truck, now is the time. This month, you could save 18% off the MSRP on select 2018 models still in stock. For example, the Chevy Cruze, Malibu, and Silverado all qualify, and you could buy with confidence knowing the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years. Check them out at calusi.com Chevrolet. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet.
9: Do you know where your mattress came from?
2: If your mattress is from the original Mattress
9: Factory, you can rest easy, knowing that your mattress was hand-built right here in Pittsburgh. And every original Mattress Factory mattress features American-made materials, from our supportive inner springs to cotton padding to our shock-absorbing box springs. You can even stop by our factory to take a tour and see our team make your mattress. Can the other guys say that? That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit us at originalmattress.com.
7: We talk about, oh, we're thematic, we're integrated. But what that means at Jubilee is very different.
14: Jubilee Christian School Principal, April Eisman, on their award-winning integrated curriculum.
7: The scripture is infused in everything, science, math, English. It's not, okay, we're going to have Bible class, and then we're going to go have science. Everything is infused with the scripture. Not only that, but it's thematic. And that is very hard to do. You can't go and buy this curriculum. I've never seen anything like it.
14: Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org.
3: Paul McNulty is with us. Paul is the president of Grove City College, the ninth president of Grove City College. Paul spent 30 years in Washington, D.C. as an attorney in public service and private practice and talking to us now.
4: Paul, I remember the Clinton impeachment, and I can't imagine, you know, you you had a front row seat in watching all of that unfold. And it is essentially a political process, so you can't take the politics out of it. It's what it is. Um, But I'm looking at what, you know, I was listening to to Mueller talk on Wednesday and I thought, you know what, this is going to happen. The the Democrats are going to impeach Trump. We're going to go through this whole thing again. Based on your experience, Paul, how do you, I mean, is this something that you dread or is this a, a process that you think is just logical and has to play out?
17: Well, I think there's a dread that we all have just thinking about this being the dominant story of our lives for the next two years. And yeah. that is just a depressing thought on my, from my perspective. Um, and, and it's also going to be just a big waste of time in yeah. the sense that it won't be uh, successful in terms of removing the president from office, at least based upon any of the current information that's available. So we're going to go through all of this um, just as a part of the political circus. that just has us all so weary at this point. Uh, it's truly it's really discouraging to think about it getting even more intense and going on for the next um, almost you know year and a half.
3: Right. So uh, P- Paul you were there when President Clinton of course you know you were part of the machinery President Clinton impeached well, when it was all said and done I mean did it really hurt the Clinton presidency as far as getting things done or legislation or ego or reputation? I mean what was the was there a big negative in the end?
17: Well it's a big negative for president to be impeached, no question sure. about it. And I'm sure that um, Bill Clinton would preferred not to to this day not to, but, um, and it, and it grinds things to a halt in terms of getting other business done. Of course, we've been in that position now for some time between the um, president and Congress. Um, but, um, beyond that, I mean, it, um, it really accomplishes very little. Um, and in fact, The thing is, John, it backfires, Um, and I I will say I give Pelosi some credit because she has seen this from the beginning, and has expressed, um, you know, reluctance, because the one takeaway from the Clinton impeachment process is that it backfired on Republicans, and um, I, you know, I lived through watching how whatever we did in the fall of 98 seemed to be turned kind of against the Republicans and it seems as though the Republicans were taking advantage of uh, their political power in the house and uh, the Republicans should have picked up seats in the elections of November of 98 but actually lost seats New King which resigned um, and um, Democrat leaders see all that and yet it appears as though many can't help themselves and they're going to you know proceed um, Despite that fact,
4: so will Robert Mueller be able to stay out of the fray as he insists he will? Should impeachment proceedings go forward?
17: Yeah, I think he'll be able to stay out of the fray to some extent. I mean, his he'll whether he testifies or not, um, that'll be a sort of a one-day event, and he'll be very careful. And um, and then the um, report itself will be the focus and each of the events associated with uh, various alleged obstruction on the part of the Democrats, that is, um, will will be um, the, the subject of analysis. And the Democrats will have to try to figure out how to get the evidence before the Judiciary Committee as the starting point. And um, uh, what they won't have that we had with Ken Starr's report was a report. You know, Ken Starr gave us um, – really uh, a roadmap for how to proceed through all of the issues. Uh, the Democrats still argued for witnesses and wanted to have longer process, but at least we had an extensive amount of information delivered to the Hill from the independent council. They won't really have that. They'll have some of, you know, um, the information from Mueller, um, but it'll be pretty much what we've already seen. I see.
3: Well, Paul, uh,
4: I bet you're glad that you're in Maine and not a part of this. You
3: got that right.
17: I am glad to be reading books uh, that prepare us for a new yes. school year. And, uh, um, but I do want you know our students, in a certain sense, to be watching this and taking it back to what does citizenship look like, and yeah. what are the foundations of freedom, and how can they how can they grow? You can imagine how discouraging it must be for a young person right now. Right. And, uh, Somehow, some way, those of us who are parents and educators have to try to, um, especially Christians, have to try to, um, you know, mentor them through all this so that they come out being strong um, citizens and Americans to take us to a better place than we are right now. Yeah. Yes.
3: Well, it's still the best country in the history of the world. Yeah,
17: yeah Absolutely.
3: Paul, thanks enough a lot. We hope these uh, next couple of months are a deep dive for you of rest and relaxation and uh, spiritual and intellectual renewal.
17: Thank you very much. I wish you both a great summer as well.
3: Thank you so much, Paul Mcnulty, the ninth president of Grove City College. Mission about Grove City College uh, online. Of course, we're big supporters. Both of our kids, Kath and I, attend Grove City College and love it.
1: Life is lived by moving forward, seizing the open road embracing what's ahead it's why we created ford pass everything you need to keep forging ahead in one app right in the palm of your hand only ford pass combines roadside assistance ford pass rewards and now when you buy or lease a new ford earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance ford pass built to keep you moving built ford proud Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about earning points for flexible complementary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves
8: the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. FordPass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via download.
1: Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite, Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com, surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers.
7: Fully transparent and here to help. Qualities like these make the Original Mattress Factory unique. Come see where and how we make our mattresses and compare our products to the mainstream brands. We want to help you make an informed decision, free from hassle and confusion. So when you're ready to purchase your next mattress, come to the Original Mattress Factory first. Whether you buy from us or not, you'll walk away better prepared to make a smart mattress choice. Stop by one of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com.
14: Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net.
11: Hey, Pennsylvania, need collector car insurance? Only Haggerty has the expertise and passion to protect your car. Quote at haggerty.com slash east or with your local agent
5: happened in church that you weren't allowed to laugh. Word
14: FM presents...
5: Funny things were happening, and we had to pretend like it wasn't happening.
14: Ladies Night Out with writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn.
5: sister got up and she mimed to a Yolanda Adams song, and it was beautiful.
14: It's a night out for the girls. As
5: she was miming and she was twirling, her wig came off.
14: June 21st at the Bible Chapel.
5: I have not seen the type of power or anointing that could make us forget your hair's on the floor.
14: Get early bird admission now through May 31st at wordfn.com.
4: Hey ladies, listen to me. If you are looking for a fun night out, I found it for you. It's so easy. Ladies Night Out, coming up with Sherry Lynn, one of my favorite people on earth and one of the funniest comedians, one of the most insightful people when it comes to church relationships and gender relationships. And I mean, she is just, she is, she nails it. It's, it that's what comedy is, is right? It not- comedy isn't funny if it's not insightful. Well, she has it in spades.
3: And she's courageous as well. She, she sure she is. She tells it like it is, but she does so in such a great, fun, whimsical way.
4: My gosh. I mean, if I could spend an evening with somebody, she would be in my top 10. Yeah. That's how much I like Sherry Lynn. And I'm so excited that she is a part of Ladies Night Out for Word FM. Yep. Um, we're talking about it because today is the very last day for early bird pricing. So that means that if you order your tickets before midnight tonight for Ladies Night Out, then you get a special price that's going to go up tomorrow morning. Now, here are the event details. Friday, June 21st. Doors are going to open at five thirty. There's a VIP dinner that starts at six p.m. So you can meet Sherry. you can have some great food, you can hang out with your friends. The program begins at seven p.m.
3: at the Bible Chapel.
4: At the Bible Chapel, um, twenty bucks is the early bird special price through midnight tonight. Starting tomorrow, the
3: price goes up. As a guy, I always get kind of like envious. I do. I am envious because the yeah. women are like have all these fun, cool things right. when they get together Men's, and laugh. Word
4: FM Men's Night Out. It's never happened. No,
3: it's kind of like Mm-mm. grumpy guys. Are you guys dull? No, we're just you know tired. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say so. Well,
4: you don't think we're tired? We
3: go, ladies, go out and you know, but the ladies are always much more willing to go out and have a good time. Well, the guys, that's go,
4: because we are so much fun. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I'll, go,
3: I'll just stay home and you know sit around and watch Netflix or something. Yeah. But Cherry Lynn, we've known Cherry Lynn for decades. I mean, really. She's a
4: Pittsburgher. She is a terrific radio talent. Mm -hmm. She's a hilarious playwright, and she's a wonderful comedian, Yeah, and she's an outstanding person. So there is nothing better that you could possibly think of to do on Friday, June 21st at 7 p.m. than go to the Bible Chapel in McMurray and... See Sherry Lynn for ladies' night Out. Yeah,
3: and guys, again, if you know you love your wife, you love your girl, buy her ticket, yeah, buy her friends' tickets, and go out and, you know, please. and enjoy please, you will
4: yeah. laugh. I promise you. So, yeah. find us at wordfm.com. You can purchase your early bird tickets, as I said, only through midnight tonight, and then your early bird tickets turn into pumpkins. Nice,
3: Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. You know, um, I was at PNC Park last night. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier in the show, and I watched the debacle with the Pirate game. So, yeah, I, I met my boy there, and uh, you know, we, we had dinner. So I went up and got, my, got myself a, a dog and some fries, and then I put some ketchup on my fries. Yeah. Let me tell you something. There's been a brouhaha recently about Kennywood Park and their refusal right. to use Heinz ketchup.
4: A very good article in the PG Today by Gretchen McKay about that.
3: Well, i got to be honest. I'm going to call out PNC Park because whatever they're using, I'm telling Come you this. On. It is PNC not,
4: Park is not using something besides uh, Heinz? I'm telling you. It was Don't like, tell me that.
3: It looked to me <gasps> like ketchup water. Wait
4: a minute. That's why the buckos are failing.
3: Uh, you need some hot ketchup. It's because ketchup. of the ketchup. Don't be saving well, some I'm so pennies. I'm glad you figured it out. Because really. Give I some mean, to
4: Chris Archer tonight.
3: Please. Like a gallon of it. Put it on his arm. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A
0: production of Salem Media Group